Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great episode to help you up your game in talent development, learning and development, organizational development, whatever part of the talent development world and ecosystem you might be in. Today, I've got a great guest for you. Her name is Marsha Parker, and Dr. Parker is a learning and development leader at Ford Motor Company with responsibility for the transformation and integration of learning technology platforms and services. She is an experienced human performance strategist, designer, and coach with over 10 years in the field of instructional design and talent analytics. Dr. Parker is a thought leader in creating data-driven organizations, analyzing learning trends, and building people capability. Having received her PhD from Wayne State University, Dr. Parker is a recognized speaker within the performance improvement industry and serves as data and analytics adjunct professor at LaSalle University and consultant to Becker Educational Services. Dr. Parker, Marsha, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Andy. You're welcome. My pleasure. You got a lot of good stuff going on. And I remember when we talked a few weeks ago, I thought there's so many different directions we can go with this conversation. I know the main thing we want to dive into is your core learning technology roadmap, which you presented at the, the Agreed conference and have spoken with other people about. And I know you're very, you, you follow this topic of future of learning and systems and technology in the learning space, which is something we probably don't talk enough about on this podcast. But before we get there, I'd love to just start with a little bit of your background and how did you get into the learning and development world and, and what you're doing today? Well, you know, I kind of fell into this space. I originally started in finance because that's what I thought what I would make money in. Yeah. And I was in banking. Can you believe that? I stayed in banking for a long time. I was very successful at it. Hmm. And what happened was someone came up. I was doing community workshops on the weekend and I was creating, I didn't even know it was learning. I was creating this needs assessment instead of sales. 
I started from the need and worked that way into sales. So somebody came up to me and he says, oh, you would be a great performance consultant or a, a trainer. I says, I'm a banker. I'm not a trainer. And they were like, no, for real. You would be a great instructional designer. Yeah. So I was like, what is this program? So I dug into it. And I had originally was scheduled to go to Wash for my MBA. Knowing me, the achiever I was years ago, the high achiever, I took the GMAT test again and then scored lower. And they told me I couldn't get into the program. Mm. Two weeks later, Wayne State sent me an approval letter after my interview. And I got into Wayne State's instructional program and I never looked back. I felt like I found my purpose. Wow. Interesting how things happen sometimes. You're on one track. I know. Someone pops into your life and gives you that little bit of advice you didn't know you needed. And then you don't reach a goal in one area. And all of a sudden you get accepted somewhere else and it sends you on a whole double, a whole new trajectory. Right. Exactly. Because I ended up getting my master's and my PhD from Wayne State. And it sent me on this. My first class was phenomenal. Mm. We did a spiritual learning opportunity with the instructor. And I was like, where did I die and go to heaven? <laughs> and I was like, I can start my own business with this. I can yeah. do consulting. And at the time, I interviewed um, for a position in our um, regulatory to get out of the branches because I was very successful. I was a senior VP in the branches. Mm. And they were like, no, you can't leave interview for a job in the brand regulatory for training. And I said, if I don't work out six months, send me back to the branches, stayed a year, got my master's and started doing consulting work for the automotive. So. Wow. And then ended up in the automotive industry and made your way to Ford where you've been for, I think over 10 years now, right? Exactly. Yes. So I've done a lot of instrumental work there for it. I started in IT leading our learning design group there. Then two years I got promoted. After that, I got into data and analytics, which I started up our GDIA or data analytics organization. And then I was tapped on the shoulder about four years ago to come over and transform our learning organization into performance consulting, which was really a shift in culture for us and our instructional designers too. Yeah, no kidding. So you got this banking experience and finance experience. You get the learning education experience, and now you've you've dug in a lot into the technology side of things as well, which is something we, we don't talk as much about on this show or even in the talent development world broadly. Like we need to figure out ways to provide learning and experiences for our people, but there's usually technology underlying all of those things that we're doing. So what's your general like philosophy and, and thoughts on technology in learning today? Well, you know, it's Andy, that's an interesting point you bring up because I think at the center of it all is the learner experience that drives the technology. The technology is going to constantly change and evolve. Mm. But if you focus on the learner experience, that's where you get the richness of the enablement of the technology. And I give you an example. Right now, we're looking at academies as being Ford is very decentralized at learning. So we have all learning in our business organizations. And it's not really helping us shape it from the business point of view and the learner's point of view. So now we're going to this thing called academies. Hmm. And I've been asked, how can we shape academies to support the learner experience? And how do we upskill people and reskill people? So now we're bringing in the technology to enable the business to reskill and to improve the learner experience and improve retention in our HR part. So we're touching all segments of the business and we're using data to help drive those decisions. Mm. So to me, learning has this thread that goes through and the technology is that enabler for it. 
Yeah, I was going through some of your background and notes before we came on here, and I thought that was really interesting. You know, it seems obvious, but a lot of people don't think of it this way. They think like, oh, we have this technology or we need this technology. Let's use this versus starting with the learner. And what do we want that learner experience to look like? And then what technology will support that and enable that? And can, maybe we can take a step back. When you think about learner experience, you know, what do you mean by that? How do you think of learner experience? That's a good question because a lot of people have a different definition for it. Hmm. When I think of it, it's anything that drives to improve the skills and performance of our learner. So where can we meet them at and where can we advance their performance and how can we elevate them to another level in their career. And I think if we we start with onboarding and then we go to their career when they become a leader or a line person, and then we advance them when they become, say, a frontline leader. And then when they decide to be a subject matter expert where they're helping other individuals, if we shape that learning experience all the way through from the time they onboard all the way time to they retire, that to me was just creates this positive social communities that they can interact in. And that's where the richness of learning happens. I really Mm -hmm. believe that crowdsourcing, learning, repetition, the basic things happen and you can use the technology to advance those things. Maybe you can give me a couple of examples. And I was going to ask you, what are learner centric technologies and like, what's a good example of that? Yeah. One of the good examples is degree. See on my door. (laughs) <laughs> so Degreed is a learning experience platform that we brought in about 2020 when the pandemic hit. And what Degreed enables you to do is go to this one-stop shop for learning. We've had multiple doors that people would go through for the experience. And people would always go through a traditional LMS. And they're like, well, I can't find what I want because I don't have a community there. I can't share. Mm-hmm. I can't um, upload books there that's um, um, with my career path and plan. There's a lot of things I can't do in an LMS that I can do in a learning experience platform because it's customized for me. Hmm. And I think that's the one thing that a learner experience does is it customizes it for that learner's needs and it meets them at the point of their interest. Hmm. And most of us, we go to Google when we want to find something. And this is the same thing with a learning experience platform. You go in, you type in what you need. Boom. You get a catalog of resources that help you just in time. You can also download articles from the internet, put it in your browser, and then you have a career path that you can track and be able to show your progress against. And you can Mm -hmm. identify your onboarding skills. So that kind of shapes that learner experience around that learner instead of vice versa, where we're doing it through a community or through a course or webinar. That's a single event where now we're shaping it around the experiences of our learners. Yeah. And what do they need and what will be beneficial for them? Do you need to build in an additional element of, what am I trying to think of? Not artificial intelligence, but you know, essentially the system understanding what learners need and, and making recommendations next? Yes, exactly. So the platform does that for learners. What it does is you come in and you onboard and you identify your top five focus skills those in turn are taken to get resources to you just in time. So that's what I call the Amazon effect. You know how you go into Amazon, you put something in your shopping cart, it recognizes and it sends you these alerts. Oh, 10% off now because you put this in your cart. You know, come back and you get another 15%. It's the same way we're learning. If we start to create that Amazon effect for people where we kind of get, oh, you like interest in servant leadership. Here's a couple of articles for you. 
And then when you start to progress, you get more advanced articles and more advanced materials. And then all of a sudden you have an assessment and now you have a certificate of completion in that servant mm-hmm. leadership program because now it's geared towards your need. Right. And you didn't have to think too hard about it or search or try to figure out what should I be doing? The system learns and, and kind of figures out, okay, what does this learner need next and, and starts making recommendations to them? Right. And that's what artificial intelligence comes in because it has this intuitiveness to know that you need to go to the next level in this. And this is where you identified your skills and then you get feedback from your manager. Where are your skills at at this level? And then where you think your skills at, and then it comes and brings resources to you based on those skill levels that you put in. Right. Oh, makes sense. That is incredibly valuable. I want to talk about your core learning technology roadmap, because this is something you presented at the Degreed Conference. And I was looking over it and it seems like a framework that could be beneficial for a lot of people. And we're recording this for a podcast. So you know, our listeners cannot see the, the chart that you would normally put up on, a, on, a, on the screen, on a slide. But I wonder if you could try to walk us through a little bit of the framework and, and what you use it for. Sure. So about two or three years ago, my manager came to me and he says, we have all of these platforms. We have our learning management system. We have our learning experience platform. We have our learning content management platform. How do they all work together? And so I put together my IT hat and thinking and said, "Mm, how could I create this kind of diagram that shows all of these elements and how they work together? So I started with our LMS and started to look at what are the core features and functionalities of an LMS. Then I started to look at what the core functionality is of our LXP and then what data we get out of that. That kind of drew that roadmap for me to see how they integrate together and how they align. And so that created this kind of ecosystem that I've been shaping and forward and been sharing with other communities. Because there's a lot of platforms out there, but how do you know the right one for you? Yeah. This is we or for your company and for your learners. You know, this is where you've got to do some analysis and figure out where your gaps are. And so that's when I start to really shape our gaps and say, hmm, this is where we really need an LXP. Then building that business case and taking it to leadership and then saying, well, what's the difference between an LXP and an LMS? Hmm. That's when I came up with a visual to show an LMS is really coordinating your compliance and regulatory and those, those must-haves that you have for training. And then the LXP shapes your experiences. And you get data out of both of those that help for your needs assessment, shaping where your learners need to go, that AI piece, and all of it works together in the ecosystem. Mm, Okay. So one part is the learning management system or LMS, which has your learning catalog, your training registration, your compliance records, your completion-based analytics, et cetera, course administration. And then you have your learning experience platform or LXP which has more of your skill assessment, content discovery, skill-driven content paths, personalized recommendations, self-published content, advanced search, all that stuff to help learners get to exactly what they need. And all that adds up to the learning analytics for the business that helps you continue to make the system better. You got it. That's exactly the way that it is. And I think a lot of times we don't emphasize the skills piece. And a lot of the LXPs now are really shaping skills for the future. So we get asked a lot, very top question from senior leadership. I got a person who has the skills for today, but how do I know what skills they're going to need for the future? And so this is where your LMS and your LXP can work together to kind of shape what those skills are going to look like in the future and where you're at right now. I wish that I had some of seed money. I would create a predictive model 
Hmm. that would be able to give me insights into those skills for someone who is now and near and far and what they have to do to get there to build their skills in a certain area. Because that's what we really need. I, I think a lot of companies are trying to figure this out right now, right? As they build out a talent marketplace or an internal place where people can move around and, and figure out, okay, where am I going in my career? Because the old promotion model is kind of changing, right? Exactly. This could help people figure that out. It is. And it's a good retention tool too. So not only attracting talent, but retaining talent. And I think that's where sometimes we forget that people are in our sphere. We don't even know what skills they have that they could be suited for a software engineering role that they might have a degree in that they didn't use it for. And they're like, oh, well, I got a software engineering degree. I could use mm. that and repurpose my skills. So I think a lot of what we're doing now is trying to figure out that sweet spot with the skills and how we repurpose people into the roles of the future. Mm, yeah, makes sense. So what are some components of this, you know, for people listening, thinking, okay, I'm interested in putting this together, but it, it sounds complex. I mean, I, most people have an LMS Maybe they have a learning experience platform. What are the components that people need to be thinking about and, and maybe some of the underlying technology? Yeah, I think one of the components you need to think about is where your business is at at the moment and what do you currently have? So kind of a current analysis, what tools and technologies you currently have that drives that learner experience or drives the compliance regulatory piece you need and then where you want to go in the future and put a roadmap together. And think about where the business is going in the future and how you can enable that through learning. Learning, because of this pandemic, has become the forerunner of at every company now. It used to be one of those backseat enablers, but I've seen learning become one. Of, it's one of those trends now where learning is bringing a strategic seat at the table that it hasn't in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's changing, right? And becoming more strategic in many organizations, especially if L&D professionals are paying attention and, and playing their cards, right, if you will, by looking at what's going on in the world and saying, okay, we have an opportunity to really play a strategic role, but we've got to really tap into what is the business doing? What are the business priorities? What's the strategy? And how can we use learning and create a learning experience that will not only contribute to the strategy, but also help keep our best people longer, right? Because what do people want right now? They want career growth. They want to know that they're growing in their careers and organizations have an opportunity, if not a responsibility to provide those learning and growth opportunities. Exactly. And it makes them a distinguished <clears throat> player that people have a, a, um, a, a choice to be able to live at. So now, I mean, work at, so now we're getting into this sphere where Companies are re-eventing themselves as a technology-based company. You'll see that a lot. Even Ford is mm -hmm. really reshaping themselves as a technology company. We got our base product down, which is the car. But how do we evolve that insight now to technology to meet our driver's experience as they go from point A, point B, and point C? And so I think that's where companies are evolving and they want to attract the great talent that we need to do that from electrical vehicles, automated vehicles, and we're going to need some talent to be able to do that. And that's how it's really shaping for companies to make themselves a distinguished workplace to work. COVID-19 pandemic and 2020 changed everything in business and talent development. Almost overnight, companies were forced to figure out how to engage their employees remotely and run their development programs virtually. Luckily, Advantage Performance Group has been running a webinar series and releasing free resources throughout the last year and beyond. 
Advantage is a proud sponsor of the Talent Development Hot Seat. It's known for creating, learning, and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish. To join our webinar series and find more of our free resources, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Right, great place to work. I'm looking at your slide with some of the components. We've got the learning management system, LMS, obviously. Most companies are going to have that. You've got your learning experience platform with Degreed being an example of that. I know there's others out there. You've got your content delivery system. You've got your learning content, the source you know, of all your learning, right? That you might be bringing in from different places like LinkedIn mm-hmm. Learning or Udemy or Coursera. Exactly. Right? And you've got your custom developed content and you've got your learning content management system. So you've got a lot of components to this. Yeah. And I think the larger the company, the more diverse your components are going to be. So this is where that map is really critical to kind of identify your high hertz, where you need to have integration points at, and then where you need to be able to for, um, so, um, source that through um, investments. Because hmm. a lot of times we don't know where to put our investment, our money. I don't, I don't have an unlimited pot of money in our L&D organization. But this is where I've come up with this buy, build, and partner model. Mm. So we kind of decide what are we going to build, how are we going to do that through our LMS or our LCMS, or how are we going to partner with someone like Degree to bring in resources, or how are we going to build it ourselves, you know, and, and this build by partner or buy the content libraries to source it. So I think that's critical to make that decision of what you're going to buy, build, and partner to be able to create this ecosystem. Yeah. And and how does data play into the learning experience and making decisions? I know you're big on using data as well. Yes. Yes. So the data to me is a critical part of this because all of us have data. We have a lot of it, but how do we strategically use the data to make informed decisions? Our learners tell us every single day what they need. Traditionally, we would do a formal needs assessment. We go out, we survey people, we do interviews. We don't have that luxury at this moment. So what do we do is we use the data in our platforms to be able to have what I call a mini needs assessment. It gives us a pulse right then and there what our learner needs, where their searches are, what are they gravitating towards, what skills are they trying to develop, what do they have a need for at the immediate, and where do we want to build? To me, that data gives us such critical, valuable information to know how to make our next purchase. And it also enables us to look at where we want to fund and what we want to source in the now, near, and far. So how do you get make sure you have the right data and you're, you're looking at it the right way? I mean, you're collecting it from the LMS and the LXP, and then do you have like an analytics department or someone who's looking at this to say, okay, we've got to figure out, is this working or do we need to change things? Yeah, so I'm a big proponent of a data lake. I really believe the most valuable resources of data exist in an enterprise view. So instead of just isolating it just down to your LMS and your LXP, one thing that we're going now is to what's called a human capital management system. That gives us a holistic view from our pulse surveys, from our retention records, all the support learning and also the people development and the people analytics. We have a team called People Analytics that support learning. We get analytics from them, and also we give data to them to be able to shape 
where our employees' thinking is, what do they want when they onboard, what resources do they need when they onboard, where do they want to go in their career, what kind of career path we can develop with the curriculum. All of those are data points to me, and this larger data lake helps us to identify all of that valuable information. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. I mean, the data part is so important. A lot of people ignore that. It's really what can help you determine what's making a difference and connect back to that company strategy and really be seen as more of a strategic player because you can show with data that this is making a difference or this is not making a difference in the business. Exactly. And I want to make sure we understand it's not just quantitative data, but qualitative data. So we take a combination of both and we look at that. So we look at people's verbatim comments and we also look at the numbers. And we use both of those to make insights, powerful insights about our employees and where they're going, what they need, why do they lead a company, why do they stay at the company. All of those things help us build up the things that they need to support their career development. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you go about measuring the learner experience and the impact on the culture. So I know a lot of it comes from that, what you were just talking about there, right? Yes. And so we have some metrics that we identify through our learner experience. And so now the culture piece is becoming what's what's called creating this learning culture. What are the elements of creating this learning culture? To me, it's when an employee owns their career development. Hmm. We measure that because of this pulse that we have. We have it called an index. So we recently did a like maybe two or three years ago, a DEI index. And in there, it has metrics on inclusion, belonging, and people, we kind of use that data to kind of shape where we want to go with our culture and what people are giving us a pulse on. Hmm. And we base that against the industry. So we use that against baseline other companies and we baseline against, and then we use that as a metric. Uh, You went right into my next question or my last question for you was going to be how to leverage these things to improve diversity, equity, inclusion, because I know that's something that you are really passionate about. And it's something we all care about right now. We're trying to improve. Yes. So we, we, one thing that we've tried to do was not get like DEI programs, but sprinkling in into our curriculum and to the things that we do to improve the learner experience. If I can make you feel like when you're on board, you belong, and then make you feel a sense of inclusion, that means you're going to stay and you're going to do an effective job and you're going to be a productive employee. What about those employees who don't feel that sense of belonging and inclusion? We can learn just as much from them as we can from people who actually feel like they belong a part of the group. Mm-hmm. And right now, I know people have heard about Ford E and Ford Blue. Ford is making these distinct two companies to be able to support the future business and the current business. They're going to have their own distinct cultures. What does that send to our employees about supporting those cultures? How are they going to be um, they're supporting their career development? All those things that we're going to be measuring and tracking from a DEI perspective, as well as a sense of belonging and inclusion. Yeah, I love that. And I'm glad to hear that it's being integrated into everything and not just some separate DEI program. Exactly. Yes. That's not the most, to me, most effective way. We have our ERGs that we have and our employee resource groups that kind of help shape some of the conversations we have around difficult, we call it candor conversations now, Mm. or radical candor. And having those radical candor discussions can make a difference in employees staying or leaving. 
And so now our people leaders are going through these discussions with employees. And that's a part of our DE uh, diversity and inclusion efforts too, is how transparent your leader is. Mm. And I think that's going to make a distinct difference in whether people stay or leave companies um, more than the financial part. Yeah, absolutely. Do people feel included, right? I mean, mm-hmm. diversity is great, but do people feel included? Do they feel like they belong? And are they they part of the organization? They're contributing. They feel like they're valued, making an impact. Everybody wants that, right? No matter what group they're in, for the most part, people want to feel like they're contributing and they're valued and they can be themselves and, and be heard. Yeah. And it starts with your line manager, you know, mm. your first line manager and your group that you work with. If you don't feel a sense of inclusion and belonging there and you try to ripple out to the larger group, it's going to be a little bit harder. So I think that's where we have to start with showing some of our leaders how that looks, because a lot of them don't. They feel uncomfortable having those conversations, but those conversations are really critical. Absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation, Marsha, and we've got to wrap things up here. You hang around because we've got a bonus Q&A round for our next episode. But for now, if anybody listening wants to get in touch with you to maybe ask you more questions about this framework, what's the best way for them to do that? Is it LinkedIn, email? Where, where should they go? Yeah, they can, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'd be able to respond to them. And we'll take a conversation from there. All right. Sounds good. So make sure you connect with Marsha on LinkedIn. If you're not connected with following me on LinkedIn, make sure you're doing that as well, sharing content on a regular basis. And we appreciate you listening. And Marsha, thank you so much for coming on the show. It really has been a fantastic Yes. Thank you for having me, Andy. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. That will do it for my interview with Marsha Parker from Ford Motor Company. I hope you enjoyed that interview and got value from our discussion all about the core learning technology roadmap and leveraging technology to create a great learner experience, a learner-centric experience. Have you been thinking about making it a learner-centric experience, about creating a great learning culture and a learning experience for your learners, not just a learning program, but really a true learning experience and the technology behind that? I'm, I'm sure you have an LMS. Maybe you've thought about this idea of learning experience But have you really thought about putting them all together and then measuring the impact of what's in there and what's working and what's not? So I hope this interview gave you some good things to think about. We also did an interview a little while back, episode 235 with Nada Schlichtman from Deloitte was all about building a content curation and learning experience platform. And she also wrote a series of articles on LinkedIn. And I was reminded of that as we were doing this interview. That interview with Data, episode 235, came out in late June 2021. So it's been about a year since that was published. And so it's great that we did a little refresher with a new take, new twist on learning experience platform versus LMS and how you marry those things and think about using data and measuring effectiveness and impact and putting the right components in there. And then do you create solutions? Do you borrow or do you build them? Do you buy them from providers like LinkedIn Learning or Udemy or even smaller consultants like Andy Storch, who has an online program and a training program called Own Your Career, right? Or do you try and go and create your own? So many different options there. I think this is a topic we're probably going to dig into more, especially in the talent development think tank that I run. And if you're not a member of the think tank, I would encourage you to check it out because what we're doing there is is taking interviews like these, taking the learning and then opening them up to a discussion of you know 20 or 30 people who work in talent development, different facets, different levels, different industries, to hear people's take on what are they doing and ask each other questions and really try to support each other in our growth in talent development. And if you're not part of something like that, 
right? You're not part of something that has a truly interactive think tank type philosophy or a community aspect to it. I would really love for you to come check us out. Our website is talentdevelopmentthinktank.com or tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us. All the information is there on both of our levels. When you sign up, you can pay monthly or annually, and you can use the code HOTSEAT, H-O-T-S-E-A-T, for 10% off. That's tdtt.us and code HOTSEAT for 10% off. If you're looking for more information on our podcast and more episodes, you can go to our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com which is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. It's hosted on their website. And when you get there, I would encourage you to go click around on some of the solutions, the stories, the insights, and the free resources because they have a number of great free resources at Advantage, as well as a number of really great experiential learning programs that can help you achieve your goals in learning and development. So just go to our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com and click around and see what you can find. All right. Thank you again for listening and tune in next time for our bonus Q&A round with Marsha Parker from Ford. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.